0: Hey folks, it's episode 112, 112 of the Gospel of Kennison. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. This is my personal audio journal. Welcome to the GOK. Thank you for listening in and thank you for waiting so long between episodes. I realize I've only done, this will be the third one in like a month and that or like two months and that is unacceptable by my standards. Feel free to, uh, reflect your, um, your unhappiness with that fact in, in your giving, because I wouldn't give to a podcast that was this infrequent, uh, though I do appreciate your support. It it does matter and it helps. And, uh, so there you go. I, I just feel bad when I can't Podcast. And you guys know me already, you know why I can't, I I, I don't want to talk about depression all the time. I, I really don't because it's, it's annoying, but it is a constant part of my life. And, um, it is, there's been a, a few bad days and a few bad, even worse nights, um, and what those what those feel like is just general sadness and a lot of my sadness has to do with my lack of purpose lately um which is uh not what i planned on starting with but i might as well i i have a i have no purpose in my life at least i feel like i don't I know, I know you want to write in, you got your email up already and you're going to say, you know, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a podcaster, you know, and and, and I know these things. Um, but I, I don't feel like I have a purpose at large, if that makes sense. Um, I used to be a kid's pastor. I used to be a minister you know, and, and I did that and that was my job. That's what I did. And I don't have one of those purposes anymore. And so I pray about it and I ask God to give me a purpose and I I get all these different things kind of back, you know, just thoughts and ideas, but nothing that I would say is it, it was just definitely God speaking to me. It's more like me rumbling ideas around in my head, you know? And, um, some of them have to do with podcasting, like, you know, stepping into doing more of this, but immediately I'm like, well, you can't even keep up with what you got. You know, you got four shows on, on the, on the NLcast.com, and you're not doing, but one of them really. And GOK is coming in once in a while. You you can't find time with your daughter to do your favorite show, which is, uh, 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 red school bus. And you definitely can't find time with Jen to do, uh, what what could be a great show. We're both right. It it, it's, it's just scheduling. How are you going to do more even just by yourself? And who, who would listen and what would you talk about if you can't even figure out what to talk about on your own show? Um, so, so that kind of stops me dead in the tracks right there. Um, it sounds crazy, but sometimes I, I just want to go out on the street corner and just start talking about God. But, (laughs) um, I know it sounds weird to be a, to be some sort of fat guy on the corner on a soapbox, you know, preaching, but, um, that's just not who I am. And I, I think, um, I think there's better ways to do it. Uh, nothing against guys that do that kind of thing. Um, I, I just feel like that, uh, evangelism is, uh, supposed to be more relational with the, with the end goal of making disciples, not just making Christians. And, uh, so I don't know. And, and I guess that's what I mean when I say purpose is, is what does God want from my life? Um, I, I, I am at a point where I'm willing to accept that he took me down from my high place for whatever reason, um, and he is, he has allowed me to be in this low place. I've been reading a lot of the old Testament. That's another topic that I had written down. And, uh, I, I, I need to get into the new Testament as soon as humanly possible. Cause right now, man, I'm gonna tell you, God, if you read straight through, uh, the Bible, don't start where I did in, um, in Leviticus, yeah, I because I skipped all the good parts. I I skipped uh, Genesis, the creation. You know, I, I I skipped Moses or Noah and Moses and uh, the, the ark and 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 I don't mean Moses and the ark. I just mean Moses and Noah's ark. Um, then I went straight to Le- Levitical. You know, the the law and and the struggles that all the people had with the law. And the this the curse of the law and the blessings of the law and all that, and and then you know straight on through to you know Israel wanting a king and and all the the strife and the issues with that and how now you know Israel's being judged by the the behavior of their kings and uh, and then you know the Israel gets split and there's the tribe of Judah and, uh, and then they've been carried away by Babylon and and now you know I just got through. Uh, Jeremiah and uh, Lamentations, and now I'm in Ezekiel, and poor guy, poor Ezekiel, man. He he gets told, unlike any other prophet so far, he gets told that you are basically my watchman. Like if there's a city, and this is straight out of the text, uh, if there's a city, and and a sword comes against the city, uh, you know, an army or whatever. And the watchman blows the trumpet, and the people don't get up and react to it, and then they're killed, then the blood is not on the watchman's hands, because he did his job. But if the watchman doesn't blow the trumpet, and the sword comes through the city, then the blood of the people is on the watchman's hands. And that's what God tells Malachi, and... It says, you know, you have to tell the people what I'm telling you or their blood is, you know, all the bad things that are going to happen to them is going to be on your hands because they won't have a chance to repent. Now, what kind of pressure? Oh, and then homeboy gets his wife taken away. God tells him, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, smite, not smite, but um, what's the word? I wish I could remember the exact word. Uh, I'm, I'm reading NASB, so it doesn't really matter, I guess, because every every uh, version is going to say it quite differently. But he was going to. Um, oh, he, anyway, he was going to take Malachi's wife and he didn't want Malachi to even be sad about it as an example of, of how people were not going to be sad about when Jerusalem was taken by the uh, Babylonians, Babylonians being, you know, idol worshipers themselves. Um, but, but the hand, the, the tool, the hand tool, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the the people that God used to, uh, his instrument, I guess is what I'm looking for, uh, against the Israelites. Uh, they, they kind of get a pass because they're, uh, being used by God to teach Israel a lesson for 70 years. Um, so anyway, all that to say that I've accepted that, that God is a God of, of, uh, he's, he's a lot sterner and, and hard to please than I believed him to be. Now, I know I need to read the new Testament again <laughs> because we do have Jesus and, and it, and it's not that, um, God's a bad guy. I, Malachi also says, I mean, and this was so good to read after so many, uh, you know, especially after Jeremiah, where everything is, you know, I'm going to cut you down and, you know, pestilence and plagues and, you know, all these different things. Malachi saying the same thing, but, um, at least God says, I don't take pleasure in, in the death of, of these people uh, that are doing bad. And, and, and that's the important thing to remember is that the law was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Matter of fact that, that's the way uh, Joshua w- when they came into the, the, the promised Land, they were told to c- celebrate it or remember it is they had all these guys on one mountain or hill. And a bunch of guys on another one, on the other side, and one of them was shouting out all of the blessings that would be given if they followed the law, and the other side was shouting out all of the curses uh, and the negative things that would happen if they didn't follow the law. And And so that's what it's meant when people say the the we are free from the curse of the law, um, because it was... A, a two-sided coin. It was a blessing if you were righteous and lived a righteous life, followed the Ten Commandments and the law. Uh, and it was a curse if you did not. And and the people, uh, the Bible says, were stiff-necked, and they did worship idols, and they did cause their children to pass through the fire to uh, idols, and they built up every high place, and 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 they roasted in incense underneath every tree that was a beautiful tree and, and they did all these things. They worshiped the heavenly bodies being meaning the sun, the moon, and the stars. They worshiped the Baals. They worshiped uh the As- Asheroth uh poles and all this stuff. And um they they definitely did not and, and here's the deal here's the deal with them is I think what happened and I think the reason why God got so mad is he set up this great system for them to be forgiven of their sins and they took advantage of it. Meaning um, that if they brought uh, an ox or a sheep or a, you know, an unblemished this, that, and the other uh, or wheat or whatever they had that was just, uh, you know, new and, and, and clean and, and uh, without blemish, they could sacrifice it. The priest would sacrifice on their behalf and their sins would be forgiven. And so they found a, a catch 22, so to speak, a loophole in the system where they could just do whatever they wanted there. So they thought, even though the Bible's clear and it says, if you sin, if you sin, if you sin on accident, then then this was a way for you to be forgiven for it. But what they did is they went out and they worshiped other idols and they did what they wanted to do and they slept with who they wanted to sleep with. And, um, they, they burned incense and all this kind of stuff and, and, and brought in these foreign people and, and used their cultures and their, uh, gods. And they did all of this stuff. And then when they would come and bring their altar, uh, sacrifice and, and that's why God says, I, I would prefer obedience over sacrifice and, and, and he just he got to the point where he said I'm not even going to accept your sacrifices anymore because they're just they're no good they're you know you, you don't mean it you're playing the harlot is the way he says it um because obviously he considers Israel his bride and um it, it, it's just it's terrible uh what happens you know um, it definitely uh, they definitely need a savior. <laughs> It's the condition I find myself in when I'm reading the Bible is I'm like, good Lord, uh, we need someone so bad to uh, protect us, to protect us from God. And, and that's, that's another thing I've come to recently in my, in my studies is that somehow or another, I had it in my head my whole life that when we're saved, we're being saved from the devil. And that is not technically true at all. Um, the devil is hardly mentioned in the Old Testament. Uh, he's he's there at creation. He's there with Job. Um, he's possibly there in another situation where God needed a spirit to go down and give a false message to some prophets um, on purpose. There's, there's those instances. Um, but the enemy... Of the uh, unrighteous is 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 God, and even to this day, we're not being saved from the the devil. We're being saved from our sins, if you want to say it the nice way. But the reality is, what are we being saved from? We're being saved from the consequences of our sin, and who provides the consequences of sin? Um, not the devil the devil may play host to the consequence for sin, the place that people will go when they sin. Um, But the reality is, and it's taken me a while to get there because it's kind of hard to say out loud, is we're being saved from God's wrath. That's the part that I've never heard in Bible school and I never heard in VBS, I never heard in Sunday school, is that we're being saved from God how weird is that? Um, and, and the next time somebody is talking, you know, I'm talking to somebody on a, on a spiritual level and they hit me with that same old tired line of, I don't believe a loving God will, would send someone to hell. My answer is going to be so different. And I'll be like, Oh yes, he would. Oh yes, he would. Because the people that he loves, he has high standards for. And and, and and he will absolutely uh, would, would, you know will send someone to hell because he he finds it uh, reprehensible that someone he loves would not love him back and, um, and and the way to apparently show your love for God is to obey his commands. And so, yes, absolutely, because he loves us, he will absolutely send someone to hell. Because he has provided a blessing, a set of blessings for people who obey him, and likewise, a set of curses for those who don't. And what I'm reading in the in the Old Testament is that hell didn't start, um, or Sheol, the grave, there's not a lot of talk of the afterlife uh, in the Old Testament. There's just, uh, it, it, at least so far. Um, there's, you know, obviously the presence of God, and and then there's the grave, Sheol, um, and and then there was a mention of the underworld or the uh, so, something like that in Ezekiel just the other night. Um, I'm not really studying the Bible. I'm just trying to get through it. And so some stuff is sticking and some stuff is just, you know, I'm going to have to read through My my goal is already to read through it again, chronologically. Um, That means in a way that uh, shows uh, that basically you read it in the order it was written. But what I'm, what I'm really coming to see is that there are, uh, there are blessings Uh, that it's totally based on your, your righteousness and how you stand before God. And if you obey and that there seems to be blessings for those who live according to the law and how your life is supposed to be better uh, when you live according to the law and then how uh, the, the unrighteous um, are, are supposed to be uh, living, like I said, living under curses and having their vineyards and their, their bowls and, and and their family and all this curse. Um, But at the same time, the prophets uh, lament about how uh, it seems that the unrighteous um, thrive and the righteous are punished because of that, because of the righteousness. And and that's not all too different from today um, from what I see. Uh, But, but, God also through the prophets says, yeah, but I'm, I'm basically biding my time and there will be a time where all of the things that I've said against them will come true. Um, and, and I think, I think today what we see is that the sinners and those who profit from sinning, especially, and I'm thinking like drug dealers and, and people who are immoral and, 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 uh, hurt others but seem to be on top of things. Um, I, I think their time comes, uh, you know, at the, at the end of their life at the judgment time. So, uh, but it's very clear that God is so eager. Um, there was a whole part in there in, in Ezekiel about how uh, an unrighteous man is in trouble and he is, he is going to die um, but as soon as he turns his ways around and becomes righteous and starts living uh, a, a righteous lifestyle, his his uh, bad deeds are, are forgotten, and they he won't stumble on them, and he won't die. Uh, but then it flips the coin and says, "But a righteous man who turns from his righteousness and does unrighteousness, will his righteousness will be forgotten." And so, you know, you could say God is is mean, but he's not. He's fair it's in it, he even goes into a whole deal about the, the, there was a part that says uh israel has a saying that the uh the father eats the the young grapes and the but the son's teeth are put on edge meaning um that w- one generation uh sins but the 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 outcome and the payment for that sin is visited on the next generation and god is very clear and no. Uh, the righteous man will will die or the unrighteous man will die for his own sins and um, he won't pay for the sins of his father and and vice versa, which is a change, actually, because originally, you know, God uh, was known for taking and saying, OK, since you said you were sorry, um, I will I will still, you know, dole out my judgment, but I will do it um, after your time. On, on your, uh, on the next generation, which doesn't seem fair, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, mind dumping right now <clears throat> because, uh, I, I, I now know who I'm, I'm being saved from. I'm being saved from God, God's wrath, uh, because he has, a plan and he has blessings and he has heaven and he has all these things because of, uh, what Christ did. Uh, we have access to that and, but God himself hasn't changed. Uh, I, I just, as a, as a kid, I used to think, you know, mean God lived in the old Testament, nice God lives in the new Testament, but God, the father is, is still who he is. And, um, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not all the way through the book yet. But right now, I sh- I would struggle to sing a song called I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Um because that was a very specific verse to a v- very specific person and um I I would say I'm a friend of Jesus, <laughs> the Son uh, but God, I, 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 think I have too much respect for to just call him a buddy, buddy old pal. You know what I mean? Um, because I've now, I, as a minister, I used to try to explain, uh, having fear for God as a, uh, as an idea. Like it doesn't really mean you're supposed to be afraid of God. I would say it, it means that you're just supposed to respect him. And, and first of all, there's no difference. Uh, you respect a snake because he might bite you, you know, um, it, it, there's, it's, a, it's a different kind of respect from the respect you would give a politician or, um, you know, someone, of, an official of some kind or a policeman, uh, or someone in the military. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fearful respect. I, I totally believe that the fear of God is exactly what it, what it says is we are supposed to fear God and, um, and, but only, only have to fear him if you're doing bad. That's the thing. And and you could, I, I struggle a little bit cause I'm like, it it seems, it seems a little, wrong that God would be this way. But here's the bottom line is, um, God is good in the old Testament anyway, uh, to his, to people who obey him and he is not good to people who don't. He is, uh, a a punisher of sin. And he takes it very personally when people don't do what he wants them to do, because what he wants them to do is what is best for them. That's the thing. The Ten Commandments and all that, do not steal, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not have uh, false idols and, and all this stuff. He, love your neighbors yourself. These are the cornerstones of morality. And they. if everybody obeyed them, we can all agree that life would be a lot better on planet Earth. Uh, relations between governments and and relations between neighbors and everything would just be so much better if we would follow these ten simple rules. Um, but w- when we don't we become an enemy of God. and uh, I, I I really want to get into the New Testament as soon as possible. Uh, i I did read, like I said Matthew before I jumped into the Old Testament. But I want to read through it uh just just to experience the difference um that Christ makes on my interpretation of God because God did send Jesus, his son. He he did love the world so much that he gave his only son, but there is no mean God, nice God. It's, it's that we got to experience the eagerness that God has for people to turn from their wicked ways and to follow him. But he hasn't changed in his judgments, I guess, of sin. He still finds it very insulting, that people would not do what he wants them to do and not live the right way. But here's the thing about it, whether you like it or you don't like it, it is the only option because God is the only God. He is the only living God. Every other God is created, it's carved, or it's baked in an oven, or or it's imagined because the the sun, the moon, the trees... Uh, you know, an idol, you, you, you form of clay or, or carve out of wood or, or, uh, take from your life, uh, and, and place an idol in your heart, which is mentioned in Ezekiel. Um, those things are not tr- the one true God. And so there are no other options. And so if you don't like the way th- things are with God, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. Um, it's just the way it is. And that's that's my struggle as I go through the Old Testament, as as I read every single word in it, is that there seems to be so much wrath, so much anger, but then I have to remember there's so much sin. There's so much people just you know he, he likens them to harlots, uh to, to loose women who just, matter of fact, he says in Ezekiel that, that unlike prostitutes who are paid for doing what they do, he said, you go out and you seek and you offer to pay people to come in and do what they do. And in that way that you're different than other prostitutes because you will do what they do, but then you will pay them for doing it to you. And of course, it's a metaphor for the way, the eagerness in which the Israelites seem to welcome other cultures and other gods into their midst. And, um, and are, and are we really any different today? You know, uh, yeah, we're not ancient cultures anymore and no, you know, our problem is not serving multiple gods. It is, it is, uh, not serving any God at all because we're too smart. Now we've out, we've out thought it, you know, and we don't believe in God anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any more to say on this subject, but, uh, the old Testament's doing a number on me. I'll tell you being saved from God who is our salvation. It's just kind of a weird idea, you know? Um, but that's the way it was set up, you know, thousands of years ago, um, um, through a through a contract, through a through a commitment between Abraham and God, and uh, Christians get have been engrafted in the vine. Uh, I haven't got to Romans yet. I can't wait. I need some balance here. But uh, we're free from the curse of the law, uh, thankfully. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how my view of my own Christianity will change as, as time goes on, as I read the rest of this, but I just know a lot of the stuff in there was never put into a Bible story. Um, and, and, and I know why, because it wasn't meant, you know, it's, it's not there for kids and, you know, you go to church and, and the pastor's going to make a sermon about stuff that's kitschy and uh, catchy is what I meant to say and, and sounds good and will edify you. But there is so much in the old Testament that is just, just wrath, just God's wrath, just being uh, prophesied about and poured out on his people. Um, and so to make a, a sermon, you have to skip all of that stuff. And, uh, I think we have a a, a a twisted view of who God is. We think of him as this loving, lovable, puffy, you know, Santa Claus kind of figure up in, up in the sky. That's just, uh, you know, delights in, in, and maybe he does. I, I, I know he delights in, in these people, the people who are following him, the people who trust him and obey him, but he, uh, and I, and I do believe he loves everybody. I believe he wants everybody to live for him, but he does get very offended when people don't. And that's hard for me, even though I'm a, I'm on the right side of things here. I, I'm the person that does live my life according to the teachings of the Bible. I, I try to. I am not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect, especially when I'm driving. Um, But I try. I, 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 every decision I make, uh, except for what I put in my mouth, I am a glutton. I'll, I'll admit it. I, I don't eat right. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, disciplined in the way that I put things, uh, before God, before I do them, especially big stuff, you know, life changing issues and, and decisions and, and whether I get mad or not or how I, how I respond and react and, and things like that. I I try, I try very hard. Uh, again, not perfect. Uh, and I'm on the, if I'm on the right side of this and I have a problem with, I, I, I I don't know. I can't imagine what a, a sinner, uh, would, how, how a sinner would ever want to become a Christian because it seems like I don't know if catch 22 would be in order. Um, but it's like you're, you, you know, we're in a sinner is, is a sin is a person who hasn't accepted the, the grace of God, uh, through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, a sinner is someone who may live a very good life, but hasn't accepted Christ. Uh, if 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 they truly understood that the salvation that they are experiencing is from is coming from the same hand that the punishment is coming from i i don't know i don't know how to handle that um you know we we uh we have our free will you know we get to choose but that's why i I can't imagine anybody wanting to choose to not accept Christ because why would you, there's so many people, I mean, it's a trend now to try to live a good life. There are people trying very hard to live good lives. They, they buy organic, they, they give, they, they sacrifice in the communities and stuff and they, they, they collect jackets and, you know, at least here in St. Louis, there's, there's a big movement, you know, with the hipsters and stuff where they try to do good things and they try to live good lives. Um, and, and I don't know beyond what they showed to others, you know, what, what that entails. Uh, I'm pretty sure it begins and ends there, but they, they even, some of them are spiritual people, meaning that they, uh, meditate or, uh, you know, do, do things that make them feel like spiritual people. Uh, so it's like, if you had a clear understanding of, of God and, and the blessings and the curses that come with, uh, your behavior, it seemed like you'd want to go ahead and just get, get saved and then, you know, live a good life, uh, and, and, and actually get a reward for it because our works are not enough to save us. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail, but it's a logical conclusion to the whole thing because, um, Christ did change things and, and it, and it, uh, it opened up the blessings of the law to Gentiles without the curse of the law and uh, it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, and that's why I need to get to the New Testament as soon as possible, because I need to read about that. I need to read about God's grace. I need to read about uh, Jesus who, who held on to children and who became um, our our lawyer who pleads our case at the throne of, of God. And now I understand how important his job is. And Job understood how much he needed a, a Christ figure a a, a lawyer, uh, someone to plead our case. Um, because when we sin, God is angry. He is straight up angry. And, um, all that I said originally, because I can believe now that God could put me through, um, my depression. He did it to Job. He allowed Satan to have his way with Job, um, Satan, you know, being God's instrument in that, in that story. And some people say it's a parable, but, um, the prophets refer to Job as if he were real. Um, they put him in the same boat as Daniel. And, uh, I can't remember another guy that was real in the Bible. (laughs) Like I said, I'm just reading it. I'm not taking time to study it right now. Uh, so, so finding purpose is what it all comes back to. And I, I don't know, um, if God even wants me to have a purpose right now, because if you ask and you don't get a yes, then the answer is either no or not now because God always answers prayer. He either says yes, no, or wait. And, um, I, I guess my answer is, is, is wait. Um, cause I can't imagine it would be no, you know, like, no, you would never have a purpose, rah, rah, rah. Um, but you know, if that's what God wants, then that's what God gets. Um, John Wilkerson emailed me a while back and he said, you know what, brother? He says, you, you, you just every day you, you get your daily bread and he was liking it to my spoon's um, metaphor about how emotional energy is like a lot of spoons and you only get a certain amount of spoons every day. He was saying you only get a certain amount of daily bread and you know, God dispenses that. And you know, you, you use what you have. And like today I it's, it's 12, 12 in the PM. I woke up about an hour ago And I came down here and I hit record because I could. Uh, Because I had the energy and the output to be able to record something. Um, I actually recorded (laughs) episode 112 uh, earlier in the week. And I said, hi, this is James. This is episode 112 and I've got nothing to say. And that was the end of it. I hit stop and I was done. I, I, I really hoped that inspiration would strike And I would have something to talk about, but I didn't, I didn't have it in me, but today I did. And, um, so I, am really, really, it's possible for me to apply God to my situation and realize that it's very likely that, um, none of this was on accident, that everything had a purpose and I just don't have one right now and I don't know if it's something I'm doing or not doing. Um, we moved to St. Louis to be a part of, uh, of a church that's here and I am serving that church. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working as the kids pastor. We, we do little services on Sunday nights or about 45 minutes. There's a grand total of eight children. Um, you know, I used to have 300 kids and 350 kids. Uh, now I have eight and it's just, it's so much fun. And it's so good to be doing that again. Um, for those eight, uh, they're great kids and they just eat it up. They, they are absolutely unchurched, absolutely have no clue what the Bible is, uh, anything to do with God, Um, everything I'm teaching them is, is for the first time, the first time they've ever heard it. Every Bible story is brand new. Um, matter of fact, I just spent two weeks just on what the Bible is and they earned Bibles by saying memory verses. And I gave them their Bibles and we wrote their names in them and it was just a big deal. But then I had realized that they didn't know what a Bible was and why it was such a big deal. So we spent two weeks talking about how they were divided. It's actually a library of books you know, and, and they're divided into, uh, two main parts. And we talked about how to look up verses of the first number. You know, the first thing is the book and you can look in your table of contents and you can find that under the older new Testament. And then you can, uh, which is, which is hard for them because they're listed out in order. They're not listed out in, in alphabetical order, uh, a true table of contents. I, I don't know. They don't do that with chapter books, but in the bible it would be nice if there was an alphabetical um uh table of contents as well as the the traditional but you know we had to teach them the big the big word is the book the the first number is the big number in inside your book and then the little numbers the last two you know or so is the verse and and they had to go down and find it and i i got us all the same kind of bible we we went with nirv which is New International Reader's Version. Um, it, my favorite is the CEV, uh, but as far as using with children, but NIRV apparently won the, the popular vote because if you try to search for CEV vi- Bibles online to buy, there's not any, really. But NIRV, they're all over the place. So I ended up going with that, and all of us are reading from the same uh, version, and we, we read all Scripture is breathed by God and it's useful for teaching and useful for training you how to live. And it breaks it down to a third grade level, which is great because I've got kids that span from age four to about 13 in my group. And everybody was able to either follow along or listen or read. And, um, that's great and all, but, um, I don't know that it's something that I'm going to continue to do because uh, I've got to sit down with my boss and friend and and figure out what we want to do as a church uh, w- as a whole. Because what I'm doing is just babysitting basically with Bible stories. Uh, and, and it's something I signed up for. I asked to do it. I was like, let me take the kids out of the main service and let me give them something, you know, to do on the side. And that way you guys can have your adult discussion uh, time and you don't have, you know, the kids don't have to experience, um, just sitting there and, and not have anything to do. Um, and I said, let me just do it through the end of the year. And then we'll sit down and talk and talk about what you want to do in the big picture, uh, later on. Well, that time is coming up very soon. And so it's much fun as it is to speak to these kids and to do our little snack times and our little craft times and our Bible story times. And I even brought the guitar last week and we did some, uh, they had never heard the B I B L E S that's the book for me. And so getting to do that for the first time, the wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, they'd never heard that. And I, it's been forever since I'd sung anything like that. So, you know, everything's new for them and it's so great. Um, but but there's a possibility that things will change. <clears throat> not, not that anything will end necessarily, but it'll be reformed and reshaped into something else. And, and so, um, I, I don't count that as my purpose is what I'm saying. Uh, it, it's just something that I do on Sundays. So I, I guess this whole thing has been about purpose mostly because I got from purpose into, uh, you know, a loving God, uh, and, and the, 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 the strangeness of the fact that we are saved from, by God from God. And, um, then I went into children's church and came back to purpose. And, um, uh, the only thing left to talk about was my Thanksgiving, which was pretty good. I hope yours was good. Um, ours, we just stayed home it was just the four of us and we cooked and we ate and we celebrated what we were thankful for and um i'm not the type that uh likes uh folks i, 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 I let me rephrase that i don't like it when folks try to make you feel guilty for celebrating thanksgiving just because they have decided that it stands for and represents the domination of another culture. Uh, that's not what Thanksgiving was all about. It was actually about unity and brotherhood and a connection, uh, between, um, you know, a religious group and, and, a, and, a, and a, uh, and, the, the native Americans and surviving and being together. And that's, that's what we celebrate now. Uh, you know, more power to them if they want to make, it just seems like there's a trend to make everything guilty these days, you know, heap as much guilt on white people as possible. Like, uh, I mean, I get the Christopher Columbus thing. Uh, but again, as, as a child who was raised to celebrate Columbus day and, and learned about it, um, I, I, just, I celebrate, you know, I, I, I don't celebrate Columbus Day. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I not, I don't wear a little hat, a little Columbus hat, walk around or anything. But if I, if I remember it, it's just the feat, the, the thing that happened, the fact that he accomplished it. Um, I don't celebrate and what, and wasn't taught about slavery and, and the, the pillaging of the land and all that kind of stuff you know so i i get that much but to take and, and add so much negativity to anything that's positive is something i don't get and i and i think christians are just as guilty with their christmas thing um and let me talk about christmas for a second because christmas is coming up um but uh people trip about christmas and they get really upset when, when non-Christians don't call it Christmas, they'll, they'll call it the holidays or season's greetings, or, you know, this kind of thing. And they get really mad. And I don't understand it because first of all, there is nowhere in the Bible where we are told admonished or otherwise to celebrate the birth of our savior. Birthdays were not a big deal uh, in Jewish culture. The day you died was, um, and the life, the length of your life was, because part of their culture, they believed a long life meant that you lived a good life because uh, your days will be, you know, numerous and all this kind of stuff. Um, But your birthday, you didn't do anything on it. You were just born. So they didn't celebrate them really at at all. Uh, The closest thing I can find is sometimes there would be a cooking of their favorite food um like raisin bread or or um uh you know the a special plate that would be brought out for them to eat off of and and, and so just uh, but but no parties you know nothing like that um so anyway i don't need to even go there to say that the bible does not tell us to celebrate uh christmas we are, we are told to actually remember, uh, the crucifixion and told to, uh, to, to take communion. And whenever you do this, remember me and in the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ. And, and we're supposed to celebrate co- communion together. Um, but even Easter, which, uh, I don't think, um, I think we're used to people, believing in bunny rabbits and stuff like that. We don't even trip about that anymore. Um, but Christmas people get really upset and it's like, it's not a real holiday. It's, it's something we made up and it's fun. And I, I love Christmas. I I love presents. I love all of the, uh, the, uh, the pagan parts. (laughs) I got to explain that. I mean, I love that we drag a tree into our house and decorate it. And that's, that's a pagan ritual that was adapted into and, and morphed into something that Christians could do to celebrate Christ. There's, there's nothing about decorating a tree that has anything to do with Mary having Jesus in a stable, um, and putting him in a manger, you know, uh, but, but, I was taught that ornaments reminded us of the gifts that the wise men brought and the star on top of the tree or the angel that you put there, you know, reminds us of, um, the star that brought the shepherds in and, and, and of course the wise men and all this. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I say all this to say that this is not an official God holiday. Okay. It's not like he gives a crap about Christmas. You're never going to stand before God and he's, he's going to say, okay, did you live your life according to the things that I told you to do and blah, 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 Yes. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life and all this kind of stuff. Okay. We're going to go through a quick film and we're going to look at all the things that you did right or wrong and you're going to be judged. And then the other, okay, let's do that. And then there's not a little, Oh, 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 before you go, uh, into heaven, um, did, how, how was your Christmases? How did you celebrate them? And, 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 oh, we were very faithful we open presents every year. I got an electric shaver in 2019. It was, it was great. Um, no, it, he doesn't care. It's not even part of, of, uh, it's not real. <laughs> I think it's okay to celebrate it. Obviously I said, I loved it, but it's not something that we're ever going to be judged on. If you don't celebrate Christmas, God's not mad at you. And, and, and my point is that if it's not an official thing that God put together for us to celebrate, then why would you be mad at anybody outside of the circle of Christianity for not celebrating it the same way you do? Okay, it's a made-up thing, which is fine. Uh, just like every every church has little made-up things in their world. Some people... Uh, have banners on the wall that, that that proclaim different things about God, and that's a part of their worship. Other churches don't do that. Some of them sing from hymn books. Others sing uh, uh, choruses, praise choruses that they get from other churches. Uh, there are, there are made-up ways that we choose to worship God, and that's fine. There's nothing in the world wrong with that, except for the snake handlers. That's kind of weird. Um, they're pushing their luck there. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. But anyway, if you just want to talk about, you know, do you have prayer cards in your pew or do you have chairs where there's no prayer cards? Nobody, nobody gets mad at other churches because of that kind of stuff. Or maybe they do. Maybe I'm just uh, gl- putting a gloss coating on it, but I'm just saying if we've got stuff that we do uh, privately that we've made up and, and it's our thing, why would we get mad at people who... At least acknowledge it as a holiday, and uh, celebrate it in their own way. I I don't I don't get getting mad. Uh, it, it it it's just it's it's misplaced anger is what it is. And and there shouldn't be anger at all to be honest, because what you're really upset about is that people are not celebrating the birth of Christ. And first of all, th- like I've already established, there is no command or no expectation or anything for us to celebrate the birth of Christ. Nowhere does it say to be a Christian, to be a good Christian, you've got to celebrate this holiday, and you've got to do it this certain way. There's nowhere in there that it says that. It is a tradition, and traditions are are not God-made. They're man-made. Um, and so you getting upset about a tradition is is ridiculous and ignorant. What you really should be upset about, and, and I don't even think you should be mad, unless it's in a certain way, is the fact that people don't uh, care about who Jesus is. And the way to do that is not to get angry, it's to pray. And it is to reach out to your fellow man and witness and live your life in a way that makes makes you a— a candle in the darkness uh you know what do they say this little light of mine i'm going to let it shine Hind it under a bushel no i'm going to let it shine um you you've got to be a light on the hill you know and and that's you're you're getting upset about a symptom of of a world that doesn't care about christ and you're getting mad and it's like when is getting mad at anybody gonna ever convert them to Christianity. Why? I mean, would you, would you switch just because somebody started yelling at you about, you know, especially Christmas, but yelling at you about God? That's why I talked about earlier about being a street preacher. I'm, I don't, I don't see myself. That that comes from just me having an overflow of, of, of things that I want to say to the world, but do I think that's the best way to do it? No, I, I, I don't. Not for me anyway. Um, but there's got to be a way to, to get the message out without um, being a butt about it. And I saw a cartoon that was like that. And, and it was, you know, St. Peter at the front gate. And, you know, somebody was trying to get into heaven. And he says, yeah, you, you did good at the living for Christ part. You just forgot about the not being a butt about it. Uh, you didn't do too good about that. And, and that's that's what I see is I see a lot of angry Christians and you're no better than the hipsters that are trying to put white guilt on everything and, and all the holidays. You're just like them. Uh, you know, you're getting mad because the people put Xmas instead of Christmas when it's a legitimate abbreviation of the word that dates back to the 13th century. Uh, it's X meaning uh, the Greek word for Christmas. Uh, for Christ, uh, it's just, it's simple ignorance. So, um, as far as purpose goes, I don't know what my purpose is. I have no idea what it's going to be. Um, I just know I'm eager to, to do something. Uh, I still have depression and depression keeps me from doing what I want to do. And so I don't even know if a purpose is, is something that, that I could even handle right now. I, I, you know, maybe my, maybe God telling me wait is, is on purpose. Uh, well, I'm sure whatever he's saying is on purpose because the, the, he, he definitely does everything on purpose. Um, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I've talked about everything I wanted to talk about and the clock says it's right at an hour. So I guess I'll shut it down, but thank you for listening to my ramblings if you have any thoughts on them, you know I'm available. Just email me, james at nlcast.com. Some of you like to get on the Discord server. And uh, you can find out more about that stuff at nlcast.com. And then click on uh, Community and find ways to get a hold of me. But I, I'll, I'd love to have a conversation with you about anything. Uh, if you have any input or thoughts on the things that I've said. Um, and uh, just don't hate on me. That's all I ask. Because <laughs> I... I'm not a, I don't, I don't want that. Uh, but we'll see you guys next time right here, same place. And, uh, I don't know if, like I said, if anything that I've said today rings with you or made you think or makes you wonder or inspired you, I'd love to hear it because, uh, talking about purpose, the closest thing I have to purpose is my podcasting right now. And, um, if it meant anything to you, I'd love to hear it. So james at nlcast.com is the email and you can find out about discord servers at nlcast.com slash, uh, con uh, community, I think. So, um, we'll see you guys next time. This has been episode one, one, two, and I think I'm just going to call it purpose. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hi, how you doing folks? It's GOK number one, one, two. 112 for those of you that are numerically challenged. I'm your host. My name is James Kittison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. Um, I really don't have anything to talk about today, so there you go. Yeah. Great episode already. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.